your spouse smiles at someone and you immediately dump into worst case scenario, Mm. affair, but you do nothing. You're frozen into inaction. You don't let it remind you to check in with yourself and see if you were being loving. You don't cling or control. You basically just let it grow in your mind, which usually will dump you into depression or despair. This week, Dr. Noelle Nelson joins us to explain why worrying is actually an okay thing to have in marriage and what you should do with those feelings. Stay tuned. I'm going to keep this short. First, thank you for listening. If you're a regular listener, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a review on whatever platform you listen to us on. This will help others discover us. Also, if you like the podcast, I highly recommend visiting our website, hitchedmag.com, which is updated daily with new content and where you will find thousands of articles available anytime. Lastly, I understand that not everything we talk about applies to everyone. However, I am confident that if you go to hitchmag.com and subscribe to our free weekly newsletter, that you will find at least one and probably more pieces of information each week that will help your marriage thrive. I hope you enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the lovely, the brilliant Dr. Noelle Nelson. Hi, Noelle. Hi, Steve. Hello. Uh, So, Noelle, if you're tuning in for the first time, is a clinical psychologist, a consultant, a popular speaker in the U.S. and abroad, is the author of over a dozen best-selling books. Uh, Noelle, uh, most recently, well, she has... I don't even know what the most recent book is, Um, uh, uh, but she has uh, written recently, Happy, Healthy, Dead, what you... Why what you think you know about aging is wrong and how to get it right. Um, you have a, uh, a a group of people that you have uh, put together called Meet the Amazings. I say a group of people. Oh, my God. It is a online group called Meet the Amazings where you tell stories of people doing really amazing things um, in in older age, I will say. Uh, so check that out. You can find it on facebook.com forward slash meet the amazings. And then you can get all this information at your website, Noel, noelnelson.com. So, um, today we are going to talk about the benefits and downsides of worry in your marriage. Uh, and so it, it would seem to me that worrying has no place in life generally, much less, much less in a marriage. But you say, Noel, that worry does have its benefits as well as its downsides, huh? Well, yeah, as most things in life. Um, frankly, we as human beings have the ability to question the future. And that's where worry has its place, because we don't know what the future holds. So we get anxious about it. Now, that's normal and natural, because frankly, it helps ensure our survival. You know, kind of like the squirrel that stores nuts for winter, Mm -hmm. because it has some concern about the uncertainty of future nut production. Well, that same uncertainty helps us to store some of our nuts, in quotes, so to speak, Mm -hmm. against future uncertainty of availability of whatever it is that we might need. So, 
Where we get ourselves in trouble, though, is when we either ignore the uncertainty of the future and we fail to plan at all, or when we obsess over a possibly awful future, or we just plain dump into depression and despair or freeze into inaction. All of those are possibles, very few of which are desirable. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and so with all that being said, how does this apply uh, specifically to marriage? Well, I, I think at some level, every spouse considers their mate's potential unfaithfulness. I mean, we're human. The sex drive is an instinctual one. It's a strong one. And we're all tempted at some point. Now, some spouse's reaction to that temptation is to believe, well, that could never happen to us, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But it may also lead to the spouse's neglecting to behave in loving or affectionate ways that consistently reinforce the bond between them. As we all know, what you don't nurture doesn't thrive, okay? Mm -hmm. So, some small, and I really mean small, awareness of you never know actually helps us remember to behave consistently, not to ignore those interactions that strengthen our love. And that is a benefit to a healthy marriage. Uh, So, is that really... um... Because it sounds like what we're talking about is taking your mate for granted and yep. being mindful of the fact that you can't really do that because you don't know what kind of attention somebody else might be giving them uh, when you may not be. Or not being attentive to the fact that they may yearn for that love and affection or that not being taken for granted that you used to give them willingly, freely, happily, all those good words. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's a little bit of both, mm-hmm. usually. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so this falls under the uh, ignore the uncertainty of the future and fail to plan approach. What happens in the obsess over a possibly awful future approach? In two words, Steve, nothing good. Mm -hmm. When you hear a spouse say of their mate, oh, he's so clingy or she's so clingy, it's often because that spouse, the clinging one, is reacting out of an exaggerated fear of Mm -hmm. infidelity. As in, well, if I stick real close, nothing bad can happen. Or what sometimes occurs is an over-controlling spouse, same same issue. Where were you? Where are you going? What did you do? Who did you see? Well, those are normal questions, maybe sort of spaced out and over time. Mm-hmm. But when they're reiterated about absolutely everything all the time, then that's a sign of obsessing over a possibly awful future. But the downside, what very few people realize, is that that kind of obsession generally drives the spouse who is being clung to or controlled, away, which is the exact opposite of what the anxious spouse wanted in the first place. So either going towards the overly clingy, which kind of can look nice, to the over-controlling, which never looks nice, but sometimes can feel reassuring. Mm -hmm. Neither of those are, uh, appropriate is the wrong word, but desirable, shall we say. Neither of those are desirable forms of worry. Mm Mm-hmm. It, it, um, I have this like visual in my head when you're talking about that of the over clingy over the over or the overbearing Mm -hmm. where like it's a, I feel like it's like two magnets where when you have like two, uh, positives, for example, or two Mm -hmm. negatives and you try to push them together, 
Uh, and if you have the over clingy or the overbearing, um, or over controlling and the, the closer you push them, the harder it is to actually touch them together because they just, uh, instinctively repel against each other. Yeah. I just kind of feel that like you think, uh, if I push them closer together, they're going to snap together. But really that overbearingness, just like, like this, the power of how much they try to distance themselves becomes greater and greater. Yes, because uh, that's an interesting way of putting it, Steve. You could think of it sort of as a balance. There's a balance struck in any uh, marriage between freedom and security, Mm -hmm. right? In other words, we all want a certain degree of freedom, and that's defined differently for every individual, but we all know what that is for ourselves. And then we all want a certain level of security. And once again, that's pretty individual and we define it for ourselves, but we strike a balance. And then within the marriage itself, we strike a balance with each other, right? Mm -hmm. With your spouse, there's a certain amount of freedom which you enjoy and which you you give to them, which feels right. And again, I don't want to put any behaviors on that because it is totally different for everybody, for every marriage. Same thing with security. There are things which some spouses feel is essential to their feeling of security in the marriage, and others would go, you got to be joking, who cares? So regardless of what the actual behaviors are that express that freedom or that security, there's a balance. Mm -hmm. So when you have somebody starting to get clingy, what they're doing is they're throwing it out of balance. Mm. Yeah. And what do you think the other spouse does? Well, exactly what you said. They go in the precise opposite direction, often to the degree that they're being unbalanced. Right, right. And the same with the controlling or over-controlling individual. They've just thrown it all out of balance. Right. Same same result. So it's it's very interesting to me when we look at marriage, not just as love and affection and all those wonderful things, but also as a matter of emotional, if you will, balance between the partners and the balance that they experience within each individual. Mm -hmm. And this actually, and and I won't go into it, but um, I just wanted to bring it up because it was just another thought that I had. And I feel like (laughs) this is the platform to spew my thoughts. Um, This this also reminds me of the fact that one of the reasons I feel like Hitched exists is because um, a lot of people will get into this complacency within the relationship where they find the balance and they get comfortable there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that comfort, but there's a difference between that and then coasting um, and thriving to where you have things to look forward to and you're excited about. Mm-hmm. And um, so just. No, I think that's a real important point, Steve. A balance is not a static thing. Yeah. A balance is a dynamic interaction. Because constantly, so you just take the individual, as we move through time, certain aspects of ourselves shift. So we have to find a different balance within ourselves. Well, the same thing happens in the marriage between the spouses. As we move forward together in time, things shift. Not in a bad way, Mm -hmm. they just shift. And so a balance is something that is constantly being reappraised, refound, reset, words like that. It's dynamic, much like the magnets are dynamic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so I will move on now. (laughs) Spewed all my thoughts. Okay, so then what about uh, the depression, despair, and action um, parts that you have mentioned? Well, when we do nothing about the uncertainty of the future but obsess about it, 
it's easy to exaggerate it in our minds. So, for example, your spouse smiles at someone, and you immediately dump into worst-case scenario, Mm. affair, but you do nothing. You're frozen into inaction. You don't let it remind you to check in with yourself and see if you are being loving. You don't cling or control. You basically just let it grow in your mind, which usually will dump you into depression or despair. And obviously, inaction. Mm -hmm. So, think about it. A depressed or despairing individual is not a person anyone wants to cuddle up to. Past the first few moments of, honey, are you okay? And yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. That routine. (laughs) Well, after a while, you know, there will be no cuddling. And unwittingly, you're actually harming your marriage by just being depressed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So then... What what's the solution then? I do want to put one little tiny footnote though. Okay. De- depression in and of itself is not a, a deal breaker. That right. that's not what we're talking about okay. here. Okay. We're talking about the despair, depression that freezes you when all you do is obsess and let it grow. Got it. Okay. Totally different subject. Okay, fine. What's the solution? It's it's amazingly simple, which is stay in the present with a storing your nuts view to the future. In other words, maintain the couple behaviors that are the practical foundation of your marriage, your love, the date nights, the shared intimacies, the good communication, all the stuff, Steve, that Hitched Mag talks about over and over again. Now, if all that is in place, then you can trust that if any genuine reason to be anxious appears on the horizon, you and your mate can what? Discuss it mm-hmm. because the friendship, the trust basis of your marriage will be solid. Mm-hmm. That seems very practical. <laughs> well, you know me. <laughs> I know. Uh, and I, you know, I, I typically have something to add on stuff like this, but I just feel like that is so, um, yeah, it's so pragmatic. And so I don't want to say it's obvious. Because if it were that obvious, people more people, I think, would implement it. But um, I think it's just super solid and easy to grasp. Um, yeah. So with that being said, was there anything else that you wanted to add before we wrap this uh, topic up? Just to bear in mind that whether it's in your marriage or in your personal individual life, worry in and of itself is not a bad thing. It's a, it's a little warning flag that goes ding, 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 ding. The problem is when we ignore that warning flag, dismiss it as, oh, well, uh, it's nothing, or we cling to it, mm-hmm. you know, like, like it's the desert island and that's it. Um, so it, it's not really a fine line, but sometimes it feels like it. Uh-huh. And there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, having an open discussion with your spouse. Again, we've, we've said this so many times on Hitched, Steve, but for all of us, me included, it bears repeating, which is... You want to have a a good enough foundation of friendship and trust that you can actually open your mouth and talk about confusing, upsetting, not sure kind of topics with your spouse. Mm -hmm. I I think if I can summarize, it's really when you have those warning signs, you engage but not obsess. That would be a great way of saying it. Absolutely. Yeah. And definitely don't ignore it. (laughs) Don't ignore it. Um, what was that? Do you remember the? I don't remember exactly the um, 
the story about the, it was the squirrel and the something. Somebody didn't store their nuts for the winter. I don't know who it was. Yeah. And then they were cold all winter long. <laughs> uh, yes. There's um, a fable. Oh well, I remember a cartoon from when I was a kid too, or maybe it was the grasshopper. I think it was the grasshopper. Right. Was it the grasshopper and the squirrel or something like that? Yeah. Right. But somebody was cold all winter long because they didn't store their nuts, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, you don't want to be out there in the cold. That's not fun. No. Yeah. That's great. Um, this was this was excellent, Noel. Thank you so much uh, for your wisdom and your time. Um, that, but I think that will do it for us this week. So, um, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Steve. And uh, I want to remind everyone that you have been listening to Dr. Noel Nelson, who is a clinical psychologist, a consultant, a popular speaker in the U.S. and abroad, is the author of over a dozen best-selling books. Uh, you can find this information at her website, noelnelson.com. You can get this information at our website, hitchedmag.com. Uh, and also, I want to point you to her uh, online group. Uh, you can find them on Facebook called Meet the Amazings, where you will get these uh, little nuggets of inspiration um, from people doing really amazing things like swimming the Atlantic at the age of like 85 or something. That's, they're, they're really remarkable stories and really inspiring, particularly as we all hopefully age very well. So check that out too. So uh, with that, it's going to do it for us. Until next time, take care, everybody. We're on top of the world tonight.